Yo, sometimes life calls for a change. Not fake, just different. It'll show you a different way. And right now, I'm on to my different way. I can promise you this is the same span, but the reporting is over. I'd like to welcome you to the Mrs. Span Official Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Mr. Span official podcast. I am your host, Mr. Span, and this is episode number eight of the show. And uh, yeah, man, it's been about six days since the last time I talked to y'all on this media, man. I thought I was going to try to go live last night. I really was. And then um, shit, my body shut down on your boy, man. I was on my couch watching television. And then uh, before I knew anything, man, I was out like a light. It's out like a light, man. I passed the fuck out, and I didn't wake up till about 9.30 in the evening, man. It was it was rough for your boy, you know what I'm saying? But um, we here. We here. We're going to be doing some podcasting, man. We're going to be talking some shit. We're going to be having some fun tonight. You know, we got some bullshit we're going to be covering, but we're going to try to have some fun tonight, too. Uh, but, of course, before I get in, into everything, is you know, before I get into everything we're going to talk about tonight, of course, I do have to remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Mr. Span official podcast. And let your voice be heard. Uh, you can go ahead and hit us up at our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. Leave us those voicemail messages. And of course, those messages will get played here and responded to here live on the show. Uh, you can also, if you're watching us live, man, you can hit up the phone number and hit us up live, man. We can chop it up on here, right here on the show. Like real talk. So go ahead, hit up that hotline area code 313-288-0485. You can also email us here at feedback at the spare report.com. That's feedback at the spare report.com. Go ahead and leave us those emails. And of course, those emails will get right here. Reply to here live on the show as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So go ahead and follow me there. Chop it up with your man Span throughout the week. Also, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. Those five-star reviews are the ones that get right here live on the show. We really appreciate everybody who does that. It doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and the Span Report Podcast Network in its entirety, right? So we appreciate everybody who does that, right? So, uh, yeah, man, got the business out of the way. Let's go ahead and pull that down. And, uh, yeah, so, like I said, we're going we, we gonna to try to have some fun tonight, man. First of all, uh, happy Holy Week, you know, for, for everybody, man, whether you celebrate Ramadan, whether you celebrate Passover, whether you celebrate Easter, you celebrate Good Friday. I know it's a long weekend for a lot of us, man. Uh, I, you know, I, I did the strategic thing with my vacation time. I took Thursday off and I took Monday off. Okay, so I'm getting notifications on my goddamn tablet and stuff. I'm going to need you to chill out there, dog. I need you to chill out there. But uh, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, man, I did the strategic thing. I took Thursday off. So I got Thursday and Friday off. 
And then I took Monday off, so that gave me five days while only using two days of vacation time at the job, man. So you know, when you when you when you got a little time, you know, and you get to to, to use your shit strategically, you know, that's, that, take advantage of that. Take advantage of that, right? So we got uh, we already got some comments here. Oh snap, that's my father-in-law, man. Shout out, shout out the pops, man. <laughs> shout out the pops, yes sir. How you doing, pop? But uh, yeah. So um, before we get into everything we're gonna we're gonna be talking about some food and stuff tonight right we're gonna talk about some food and um i i feel like i have inadvertently started a food war like on twitter and shit but before we talk about the food war that i may have inadvertently started i'm gonna talk about another food war that some other dude on social media probably started and i don't know this guy's name but he decided that he was going to do a video comparing the mild sauce from Uncle Remus's restaurant on the west side of Chicago to the mild sauce from Harold's Chicken on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, man, he decided this is going to be a thing. Now, I I, I, I want to preface this by saying my man's isn't, he isn't really a Chicago native. He said his sister brought him the mild sauces and whatnot. And uh, so he's just going based on, you know, his... His limited knowledge of what the mild sauce is, right? So we're going to pull this. I'm going to pull this up so you guys can watch right along with your mans. Now let me do this here. And uh, let's see what he's talking about, y'all. One from Harold's Chicken. Which one do I... Yo, what's up, Keith? My name is Dylan. I'm a Chicago historian. Oh, I appreciate you showing love to two legendary and historic Chicago companies. And I thought I'd give you a little history on both. There's friendly competition between Harold's Chicken and Uncle Remus because Harold's Chicken is on the south side and Uncle Remus is from out west. Harold's Chicken is older. The first Harold's Chicken was opened in 1950, and it's important because it was one of the first restaurants in Chicago to franchise to African-Americans. The founder was a brother from Alabama by the name of Harold Pierce, and he was super dope. We get Uncle Remus in the 1960s. It was formerly Royal's Chicken. It was dope about this restaurant. It was one of the first restaurants to reopen after the 1968 riots. Shout out this dope pioneering West Side family from Mississippi for Uncle Remus. Now, Brother Keith, you are entitled to your opinion, but the only true way to judge is to come to Chicago and eat at both restaurants and taste it fresh. But either way you choose, they're both dope because everything dope about America comes from Chicago. I got two mild sauces. Let me, ahead, let me stop that. But uh, first of all, shout out to my boy Dilla, man. Uh, shout out to him, man. Uh, love that brother, man. He's doing real big things at home and uh, proud of him. I'm going to say it because Dilla couldn't say it. You smoking rocks. You are smoking rocks if you think Uncle Remus's mild sauce is better than Harold's chickens, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with the way you was raised if you think that Uncle Remus's is better than, uh, than, than, than Harold's chicken. As a matter of fact, uh, this young man, I think his name's Dylan, this young man made the, the, the tragic mistake of uh <laughs> he made the tragic mistake of acting as though well he 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 chose the uncle remus man he chose the uncle but he don't know no better he don't know no better man like that's that, that, that's just not what we do around that's not what we do that's not what we do right uncle remus man come on stop it ain't nobody uncle remus is out like you know i've I, i've gone off on the fact that like there's Harold's chickens in like atlanta there's Harold's chickens in like las vegas there's Harold's chicken in indianapolis we ain't got none here in Detroit, and I'm mad about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad about it. They got it in Atlanta, but they ain't got it here, nigga. Like, come on, man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. But like I said, shout out to my man Dilla, man. Love what he's doing with uh, 
with uh with with his not only his TikTok but he's also giving historical tools all through the city of Chicago, man. And it's 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 a, it's a beautiful thing. But um, yeah, man. So getting back to this uh this 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 inadvertent Twitter war that your boy Span inadvertently started, right? So um, here's what happened, right? I saw this picture. I saw this picture on Facebook, and I decided to share this picture on Twitter. And it's a it's a photograph. It's a photograph of spaghetti and catfish, right? Now, there's always there's been this thing between this like the, 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 there are some of us who, you know, we grew up and we we we've been eating spaghetti and catfish like all our lives. It's it's a thing. Like it's just it's, it's kind of what we do, right? I'm from Chicago. This is something that I grew up with in Chicago. My grandmother used to do this on Friday nights, man. Uh, and like, not only that, just like the, the deep fried biscuits too. Like, I don't know if y'all know anything about the deep fried biscuits, but you'd have the fried fish, the deep fried biscuits, and then you'd have the spaghetti. Right. And so I pulled, I found this picture. Let me pull this picture up so you guys can see it. But, uh, yeah, man, look at that. Look at that. It looks glorious. Doesn't it? I said, I say it looks glorious. Just. Yeah, man, that looks good. I said, it looks good. Now, I shared this on Twitter, and I said, shout out to the Midwest because, damn it, this is a damn staple, and it's fucking delicious, right? Because it is. It's a staple, and it's good, and we rock it in the Midwest. Whether you in Chicago, whether you in Detroit, whether you in St. Louis, whether you in Milwaukee, whether you in Indianapolis, you go anywhere in them in these major cities, man, and folks is rocking with the deep fried fish and the baked spaghetti, right? Now, I said this on Twitter, and unfortunately, man, I think some people kind of misconstrued what it was I was saying. Because I said this is a Midwest staple. Because it is. But you know what? I had some people from the South get up in these mentions, man. And the people from the South wasn't having it. As a matter of fact, they were more like, the South got something to say. yeah, the South got something to say. That's how they was coming at your boy. I had people talking about some, mm baby, bless your heart. This come from Mississippi, baby. Mm-mm, we, we, we do this down here in Alabama. I don't know what you're talking about, this Midwest stuff. We do this in Alabama. And it's, it's, it's funny to me, right, as I take this delicious picture down. But it's funny, and the reason why I say it's funny is because, uh, one, when I posted this, most of the people that were from the Midwest were were, were absolutely claiming this, right? <laughs> were absolutely claiming the fried fish and the spaghetti. You had some people from the South, though. As a matter of fact, there was this one brother from, uh, I believe he said he was from Georgia. He said, we don't do this down here, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. And I, and I said, well, you need to talk to these other Southerners, man, that's in my mentions, because they, they coming at me for this, right? And he's like, man, I don't know why these niggas lying, <laughs> right? So I'm telling y'all, Y'all need to argue amongst y'all selves, right? Y'all need to argue amongst y'all selves about this shit. Because <laughs> us Midwest folks, us Midwest folks, we are all in unison on this being a thing, right? We are all in unison on this being a thing. Now, um, the other thing is um, whether or not these two things belong together in the first place, no, no matter where you got it from, right? No matter where they're like, you know, because I... I put it to y'all like this. I, I will concede. I will concede that this probably originated in the South, right? Makes sense. Like, when I first started eating this stuff, 
It was because my grandmother was making it. My grandmother was from Mississippi. Right? My grandmother was from Itabina, Mississippi. That's probably where she got it from when they moved to Detroit and then to Chicago and whatever else. Same thing for a lot of people who are from the Midwest. Their people had the throughout the Great Migration brought some of their food traditions up north along with them. I never said that the Midwest created this. I just said it's a staple. We eat this all the time. And for so many of y'all from the South to be coming at my neck, like I said, we created it, was a little odd. I, was, I ain't going to lie, man. Y'all was irritating your boy a little bit. Like, come on, bro. Like, nigga, we know, we, we know where our people come from. Like, we know we, we, like, it's just a thing that we do. Now, somebody else on the Twitter was like, hey, man, it's too many of these people from the South saying they don't know what the hell he talking about. They don't know what the hell he's talking about. Like they, they, they ain't never seen this vote. You know, first of all, catfish is a, is an entree and the spaghetti is an entree. Which one is a side? I'm gonna tell you right now. If you got a catfish and spaghetti on the same plate, the spaghetti is a side. <laughs> right? The spaghetti is the side. That's what how that goes, right? You you there's not two entrees. If it's meat on there, like I mean, you got meat in the spaghetti too. But I'm just saying, like if you got the spaghetti and the and and, and, and the catfish on the same plate, the spaghetti is a side. But I put a poll up on uh, <laughs> on the community tab on our YouTube channel, man. So if you go, guys go ahead and vote in that poll. Let me know whether or not you believe it's, you know, catfish and, you know, fried catfish and baked spaghetti go together. And then we got to set it by region, right? Whether you're from the Midwest or whether you're from the South. Now, we ain't talking to the people from the East Coast. We ain't talking to the people from the West Coast. Nah, man, we talking about the South and the Midwest, because apparently there's a bit of beef on who has the ownership rights, right? We, we were fighting for custody over the catfish and the damn spaghetti, right? Us people from the North or the Midwest, we claiming it. We claiming it. It's like, hey, man, we fucks with this heavy. We eat this all the time, right? Some of you Southerners, though, are, are, are giving, y'all giving, you know, y'all giving some inklings that, like, not everybody from down South really rock with it. So, yeah, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. But yeah, it is a strange fight for custody, man. A strange fight for custody over some delectable food. Let me pull that back up so y'all. Don't, don't that look good, man? Damn, don't that look good? And you know, it's Easter tomorrow too, right? So, you know, it's a whole bunch of folks that's going to be eating this for, for, for Easter tomorrow. This is going to be on the menu, especially in the Midwest, man. They're going to be tearing this shit up. Like, for real, this going to be on somebody's plate tomorrow. And I want to see them plates too, man, because y'all know every holiday we got to take pictures of our plates and put them on the social media. So go ahead, man, do that. Get y'all y'all catfish and y'all spaghetti going, man, real talk. Now, um, let me go ahead. <laughs> I'm hungry again. <laughs> I'm hungry again. Now, um, we got some other things that that, that kind of came up. Let me get some of the uh, some of the more um, some of the more serious things out of the way, right? Because there is this uh, one particular story that I saw. Uh, Actually, no, I'm not going to go there just yet. I'm not going to go there just yet. I'm going to go here. All right. So uh, Kid Rock, uh, former rapper and now like Confederate, like rock shock. I, I don't even know what, how you would cl classify Kid Rock's music. Like, I really don't know. It's not like I ever really like listened to Kid Rock like that. I know he claims, you know, being from Detroit, but he was really from like Romeo, Michigan, which isn't exactly that close to Detroit. And, uh, you know, you got that going on. But um, Kid Rock did this thing where he actually shot at some Bud Light cans, right? And we're going to play this video. I'm going to pull this video up so you guys can watch right along with me. But uh, Kid Rock was shooting what, what, they, what they say. Like, okay, they say like it's an MP5 style rifle. I would love an MP5. 
But um, <laughs> Kid Rock is shooting at at, at the at the like the Bud Light can. So let's let's watch what this motherfucker is doing, and then we're gonna discuss why. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. All right. Now, why is Kid Rock shooting at Budweiser cans? And why is he saying fuck Anheuser-Busch and fuck Budweiser, right? Apparently, Kid Rock is upset that the Anheuser-Busch company has partnered with a trans uh, influencer, and they're going to put this trans influencer on some cans of Budweiser and Bud Light. Why is this nigga so upset? Like, if, like, if, here's the thing, right? If he was gonna be upset at anything, shouldn't you be more upset at the piss poor beer that is in them cans and not the pitcher that is on the damn cans, man? Come on, man. Budweiser, like, Budweiser and Bud Light is piss water. This shit ain't got no body. It ain't got no flavor. It's just water. Like, it didn't run straight through you like water. He out here wasting two cases of beer, shooting it up, because he's mad that Budweiser has decided to partner with a trans activist or trans influencer and decided to put them on a can. And not only is he doing this, you got uh, uh, Republican and conservative politicians going about uh, talking about, you know, they're not going to drink Budweiser anymore. They're hoping that the bars that they uh, frequent stop selling the Budweiser. Essentially, um, these conservatives are exercising cancel culture. I'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. I mean, think about it. Suddenly, all of these things that they say they were against right <laughs> all of these things they said well you know the, the, the goddamn cancel culture and these uh the, you know the woke mafia you know we can't do anything man we can't talk how we want to talk we can't you know uh, 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 you know observe how we want to observe we're getting all this stuff pushed down our fucking throats man and and now you know i can't even just drink a budweiser i'm like actually you could drink the budweiser bro like there's nothing really stopping you from drinking the budweiser other than your irrational hate for something that doesn't really affect you in a very real way and doesn't really affect a whole lot of people in a very real way. And the reason why I say that reason why I say that, let me go ahead and uh, let's uh, pull this down here. But the reason why I say that is because there was a study done just recently. Uh, and this was done. Let's see. Doesn't say from, okay. So the Williams Institute. All right. And I'm going to read this story here. This comes out of Reuters. It says on a, a study published on Friday estimates that nearly 1.64 million people over the age of 13 in the United States identify themselves as transgender based on an analysis of newly expanded federal health surveys. The study estimates that about zero, 0.5% of all U.S. adults, some 1.3 million people and about 1.4% or 300,000 of youth between 13 and 17 years old identifies transgender, uh, having a different gender identity than the sex that they were assigned at birth. 
And so the reason why it looks as though this dude is overreacting and many of the, uh, you know, the the uh, the Republican politicians and the conservative activists seem like they're having a gross overreaction to a lot of these things is because there is a disproportionate amount of attention being given to uh, this small group of people as if they are infringing on the rights of everyone else. Right. Right. When ultimately all they're really asking for is acknowledgement and to be and to be able to exist as is. Right. And so you've got um, you've got Republican politicians. There was a state, I believe, the state of Idaho, who uh, who banned trans athletes from being able to uh, compete in uh, in girls sports uh, as if there were like and I haven't even actually looked up the numbers of how many trans athletes there were in Idaho. But like it's not as if there's a, a, a shit ton of trans uh, boys trying to or, or I'm sorry people who originally were uh, identified as boys or male transitioning to female to compete in female sports, right? It's very, very minuscule number, very minuscule. I mean, the actual population in the country is already small as is, but then they, you've got legislators all over the country acting as though there is this onslaught of trans act or trans athletes transitioning so that they can compete in women's sports and take over the sport. Like that's not happening. It's not happening, man. It says the analysis were done by researchers at the Williams Institute, a think tank at UCLA's law school, focused on gender identity policy and concluded that the percentage and number of adults who identify as transgender had remained steady since the Institute last made estimates and reports in 2016 and 2017. Uh, this report shows trans people live everywhere and their needs and concerns need to be listened to and addressed in the public policy landscape. Uh, Jody Herman, one of the student studies authors and said in an interview, uh, the researchers used data collected between 2017 and 2020 from two kinds of surveys done by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Uh, Jay Sevilius, a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, who was not involved in the study, called it the best population estimate yet, using the best available data that we have currently to make these estimates. So ultimately, man, like when you see how irrational they're acting when it comes to uh, uh, trans athletes, when it comes to trans rights, like they're denying trans or, or kids who identify as trans uh, gender affirming care in many states, or at least they're proposing that in a lot of legislations, uh, uh, legislative bodies across the country, especially a lot of state legislations. Um, when you look at uh, the uh, the amount of attention that Republican and conservative politicians give this one particular issue, despite the fact that a lot of the uh, the things that they're most strident on is against a lot of the public sentiment, right? It's against a lot of public sentiment, but they keep up, they keep drumming this up as, as a way to get, you know, get not only their base fired up, but then you got some other people who are also bigoted too, who aren't necessarily trying to understand what it means to be trans and what it means to be uh, uh, gay or hetero uh, or, or, or homosexual or anything else. Like you just have Marjorie Taylor Greene go on 60 Minutes and talk about uh, the Democrats and Joe Biden are, are pedophiles because they support gender affirming care for trans identified students. And she's conflating sexual orientation with gender identity. And those two things are just not the same. They're just not the same. So you got that going on. Uh, another story about this also has to do with uh, – Jack Daniels is facing boycotts over the LGBT campaign. Uh, first it was Hershey's, then it was Bud Light, and now Jack Daniels is the latest brand this year to be facing a boycott over claims the company has gone woke. I told y'all last week, 
when they when they started talking about what's woke, they talking about black people, they talking about brown people, they talking about the LGBTQ community. Uh, social media social media users have taken offense to the whiskey brewer's small town big pride campaign, in which it teamed up with drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, despite the campaign being nearly two years old. So, so let me get this straight. <laughs> this been going on for two years. They just now found out about it. They just now found out about it. Now they mad. It's been going on for two two years, man. Uh, it says the row over LGBTQ plus brand ambassadors is symbolic of a wider debate about drag shows and the exposure to children. Critics have, have expressed concerns over drag queen story hour readings for children by drag performers at libraries. Tennessee, Jack Daniels' home state, was the first to pass a drag show ban in the presence of children over concerns about their sexualized content. The law has since been temporarily blocked by a federal judge. Now, speaking of Tennessee, <coughs> state I went to college in, I went to Tennessee State, right? Interestingly enough, while the Tennessee state legislature found ample opportunity and ample like motivation to block children from being able to attend drag shows. I don't know if they do it. Like if they, if they ban it, like if you, even if you're there with a parent or not, I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't, you know, really read up on that legislation yet, but they're, they're banning the, um, they're, they're banning the ability of, for children to go to um, story hour having drag queens read to children in the library. They don't want the kids to see those things. Right. And yet they couldn't, they couldn't or rather yet, not necessarily they couldn't, they wouldn't actually um, address gun issues in the state after having a mass shooting that resulted in six people dying. Three of those happened to be uh, children these past couple of weeks. And so it just, this is one of those things where like when Republicans talk about how they really, they're doing everything to protect the kids. It's all about the protection of the children. When you, and and I say this as someone who owns multiple guns, who carries daily, who also wants to follow the rules, who wants to be responsible, who, uh, I mean, shit, if you've been watching and listening to me for, you know, these, y'all know this, man. Like, I want there to be some level of fucking restriction. I want there to be some level of competency when it comes to people who's carrying firearms. I want there to be some level of responsibility when it comes to that, right? And so when the legislature decides that not only are they not going to address the, uh, they're not going to address the ability for them to like curtail some of the ways in which people obtain and carry firearms, but they're going to kick out legislators from the body because they're advocating for there to be some level of responsibility, some level of restriction when it comes to firearms after a mass shooting was held in the state and you got thousands of people demonstrated on the state Capitol grounds and they kick out two, two legislators because they were all, they were on the side of the, of the activists. Really what those Republicans and those conservatives are saying is fuck them kids. Fuck the kids. Yeah. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying, man. They don't give a damn about these kids. Anytime they keep telling you that they they're doing this to protect the children. Like it's almost like that thing with, with, with John Stewart, man, when he was talking about, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago where he was, uh, I believe he might've been talking to an Oklahoma, uh, legislator 
and that Omaha, that Oklahoma legislator said something to the effect of is our duty to protect the kids. And he was also talking about the, uh, the, the drag queen uh, story hours. And, you know, essentially he's like, yo, you, you made it up in your head that you got to protect the kids from this, but you won't do a damn thing when it comes to protecting them from the thing that is killing them the most. And that's firearms. And as someone who owns guns, I agree. I agree. Like they don't give a damn about none of that. They will wax poetic about how much they care about these kids, but they don't give a damn about these kids. They are every day. They telling us fuck them kids. Fuck the kids. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, let's get off of this. Cause like I said, we want to have some fun tonight. <laughs> we want to have some fun tonight, but yeah, man, it's just like one of those things, man, where it's just like, come on, man. They not they not keeping it a buck. I mean, and for anybody that's really paying attention, you see this every day, man. Um, you know, if you if you're paying attention, you know that you see the hypocrisy going on, man. I just hope folks are are a bit more mindful of uh, you know, not only these sorts of things happening, but also uh, when it comes time to vote, that you're aware of these things when it comes time for you to cast your ballot and get some of these people to fuck up out of power, out of power for real, man. So we got that going on. Now, another story that we got going on, and this happened over the course of the last week, man. So uh, LSU, the Louisiana State uh, Lady Tigers, uh, won the national championship in, uh, in basketball, man. So get them some, some get them they doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that happened. They won, right? And Angel Reese, the star of the LSU basketball team, man, she caught a lot of flack, man, undeservedly so, uh, because of the way that she celebrated uh, with the, you know, you can't see me uh, gesture that she was doing in the face of uh, Caitlin Clark. And we saw how, you know, the reaction to her doing that particular thing was was markedly different than you know how people reacted to when Caitlin Clark was doing the same shit right she had just did it the, the very like the very first game before this one she had just did that against somebody right and everybody was just talking about how oh man she's passionate man she's a competitor this that and other so there was the you know the obvious double standard as to how it was being received when a white girl did it and when a black girl did it right and as my man MLK Martin Luther King Jr. have always said a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense yeah man so we're not surprised when sometimes you know like the hypocrisy just kind of jumps out right the hypocrisy jumps out they're not even aware of it when they're doing it but we see it right we see it all the time right so um of course you know angel reese is getting like a lot of attention now man like she had a lot of people that had her back on the fact that you know you know of the double standard of how she was being received for doing this and how Caitlin Clark was being received or whatever else. And then Jill Biden, the first lady of the United States, stuck her foot in her mouth, man. Stuck her foot in her mouth when she suggested that because the game was so great between LSU and Iowa, that both the teams get a chance to come to the White House. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, niggas is mad at that, man. A whole lot of folks is mad at that. As mother, as matter of fact, man, as a matter of fact, it was a whole bunch of people that had to go in there and tell Jill Biden just. That's not how it works. 
That's not how any of this works. Yeah, that's not what that's that, that's not how it goes, baby. You can't you like the losers don't come to the White House. When when we, and and you know you had of course people were like yo man had this going the other way. Uh, you know, there's no way that LSU would have been invited to the White House if you know this that, and the other. I'm I'm not going to attribute any ill intent on Jill Biden uh, inviting both teams, right? And I agree with my friend Corey Corey Bell. She was on, uh, I think it was a morning show that she was on, but she was talking about how like Jill Biden is a teacher and she's a mom, and she probably was like in her teacher mom space in her in a, in a headspace then when she was suggesting that everybody should be able to come. It's like nah, that ain't, that's not how this goes, right? But. One of the things I kind of wanted to talk about, though, when it came to Angel Reese is like I saw a, a lot of the support for Angel Reese on social media, whether, it, you know, for folks were changing the, the like the avatars to her in support. Uh, folks were like, you know, when she would make, make any type of public statements, man, folks were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got it to a point. I got it to a point. And. I, I, let me go ahead and just pull this video up so you guys can can see what I'm talking about here. But I got it to this point because, um, yeah, I'm gonna just let the video. What's going on YouTube in today's video? Want to talk? It was supposed to start at a certain point, but it didn't. So let me see if I did. I have it at. Okay, so right here. So they were asking her whether or not she would go to the White House after you know the whole rigmarole with Joe Biden, and she said no, she wouldn't go. And this was her. This is the reasoning why she said she wouldn't go. So let me go ahead and play it. That statement this morning, we made a couple, a, a lot of phone calls, and that's why she wants to come out and apologize. But at the same time, the damage is I don't done. accept the. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't accept the apology because mm. of you Joe, said what you Joe said. Biden. Yeah, first the, lady, the wife. Lady. Yeah, you said first what you lady. said, and you, you meant. What I you said what I said, and like yeah. you can't go back on certain things that you you say. I mean, you felt like they they should have came because of sportsmanship, right? They can have that spot. Like, we'll go to the Obamas. We'll, we'll, we'll see, I'm gonna see Michelle. I'm gonna see Barack. Hold on, hold on. So, did all right. So, I saw this right, and I was like, ah, mm, I don't know, baby girl. I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one, right? Like, I'm all for like this, like you standing up for yourself and the double standard and everything else. I'm all for that. Like, and you didn't deserve, like you didn't deserve the heat that you got for that. And no, Iowa doesn't deserve to go to the White House. Jill Biden spoke out of fucking turn. She she, she damn sure did. But what what was starting to like kind of bother me a little bit was watching how people talked about this on like Twitter and Facebook and stuff, right? And people who are my age. Now I look at this young lady, man. She's about my daughter's age, man. My daughter's twenty years old. She's about my daughter's age. So, like, I look at this like, okay, she's young. I would expect this of someone who was young. But I was watching a whole lot of 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old motherfuckers on social media saying, yeah, keep that same energy. Fuck that bitch. This, that, another. Now they want to apologize. Now they want to apologize. And, you know, like, the thing that was starting to, like, it was starting to make it like, so you know how people were saying that she was classless before, right? It was starting to be where older people were pushing her and cheering her on to be classless in a moment, right? In a moment that she would probably regret later on because clearly 
you know, I, I get like, you know, you're upset about what, you know, the first lady said, right? But to be like, nah, I don't accept the apology because you said what you said. It's like, yeah, people say things all the time. They might not necessarily, they make mistakes too. People make mistakes all the time. And when we start saying keep that same energy, I wonder why it's always, it's always keep that same energy when y'all talking some negative shit. It's always keep that same energy on something negative. Why can't we shift that energy towards something positive when we have an opportunity to? Right. And as elders, because I don't not, I'm not even knocking her. I, 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 I attribute what she's going through right now to her being young. Right. And not necessarily understanding that like, yo, yeah, people fuck up. They make mistakes. You, it's, it's okay for you to accept the apology if you believe the said apologies is sincere. Maybe she doesn't believe the apology was sincere. I don't know. Right. But it was weird to me to watch adults, long time adults, get on this thing about keeping that same energy on some petty shit. And I get petty on Twitter and on Facebook. It reigns supreme. But in life, petty will leave you burning a lot of bridges and having a lot of people not really wanting to fuck with you later on. And y'all keep up these personas online. But we know in real life, a lot of y'all don't keep that same energy all the time. Y'all would get online and talk that shit. But y'all don't really move in that way in the real world. Right? And so, like, when, to see everybody, like, kind of pushing this whole thing of, like, yeah, keep that same energy. And I'm not going to the White House. I go to the bombers, this, that, and the other. You know, damn well, Michelle and, and Barack would be like, no, no, baby girl, you got to go over to that White House. We ain't getting in the middle of that shit. <laughs> right? That's what they would have told her. No. That's the president. That's the first lady. We appreciate that you want to come see us. And we actually are probably we're fans of what you did. We're fans of like your game and everything. I know, especially Barack, like he watches, like I legit know he like feel like he probably was watching that tournament. Right. But on, on like, but this right here though, I just kind of felt like, nah, this wasn't the move right here, baby girl. This right here wasn't the move. And I know that might not even be the popular thing to say, but it's the truth. Right. This right here wasn't the move. And I'm glad somebody talked some sense to her. Excuse me, because she's essentially changed her mind on it. The LSU Tigers are going to the White House and Angel Reese is going to the White House with them. Yeah, man. So, uh, like I said, I, I get, the, you know, folks being upset with the fact that Angel Reese uh, wasn't, you know, um, wasn't given the due respect that she deserved, that the LSU Tiger team wasn't given the due respect that they deserve. But yeah, man, like I felt like it was a whole bunch of people on social media rooting this girl on in a very, like it, it, it turned into something toxic, right? Like it turned into something like, you know, yeah, we got the grievance at first, but then y'all turning this into something else and it, that it doesn't have to be. And so, yeah, man, you got that going on. Now, speaking of petty, no, I'm not going to get into that one yet. Not going to get into that one yet. But I, I, I'm chomping at the motherfucking bit. But <laughs> no, man. But uh, so, yeah, uh, Marcus Houston, man. Marcus Houston was out here talking about why he, why it is that he got this young ass wife, man. And, um, you know, how him and his wife got together. And, like you know, and people got some they got some feelings about Marcus Houston and his wife because, uh, I don't know exactly what the age difference is, but he met his wife, Marcus Houston met his wife 
She was 17. Okay, so here's the, here it is here. She was 17 when they met. Marcus Houston was 36 years old. Oh, yeah. There's powerful niggardry at work here. Yeah, man. There's powerful niggardry at work here. So uh, let me go ahead and pull this video up. And uh, whoops. Let me pull this up so you guys can see. All right. Let's see what Marcus Houston is talking about. How he justifying this shit. For one, we had a spiritual connection. And I feel like that's the most important thing. It's always spiritual, right? You can't question God. I say you can't question God. It's spiritual. I felt my wife spiritually when she was 17. We both love God. We both love Jehovah. And that was key. And being able to start being around her and talking to her and talking to like, we got it. We, we, we connected through music and, you know, uh, her spirit, her kindness, her heart reminds me a lot of my. Okay. Her spirit, her kindness, and her heart. Um, let me say something here, man. Ain't no motherfucking way. <laughs> Ain't no motherfucking way, man. No way, no how, bruh. No way, no how. And the reason why I say no way, no how, man, listen. If some dude was coming at my daughter when she was 17 and he was... 36, I don't know how well that conversation would be. I don't know what I would do, right? Because let's keep it a buck, man. Most of the dudes, the vast majority of the dudes who are talking to girls, I say girls because they're not of age, talking to girls that age, is because they understand that these girls don't have the lived experience that a woman their age has. So they can't run the bullshit that they would run on some of these young girls, right? They can't run the same bullshit. These other, these older women have expectations. These older women are going to hold you to your word. These older women ha- are, are probably privy to a lot of the games that a, a dude your age is going to try to run on them. So guess what they're going to do? They're going to hold your ass to account. And many of these dudes ain't ready for a woman that's going to hold their ass to an account, Right? But also, what on earth could you possibly have in common with a 17-year-old girl at 36 years of age, right? Really, what, 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 what y'all talking about? What y'all talking about? Like, when, like at, at why do you feel like, you know, she's mature enough for you? What kind of conversations are y'all having, right? Because there's a different level of the conversation that a a, a 17 year old girl would have with, with a 36 year old. Like there's like there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a gap in experience. There's a gap in life, you know, lived and learned to where like, they don't have the experience. Like, you know, so like when you having this conversation with them, like it's been plenty of times where you might be having, I see this on Twitter all the time on Twitter, mostly where like, I have to like be mindful of who I'm talking to, because I'll see some stupid shit <laughs> on Twitter, right? I will see some dumb shit and be ready to go in. And then, like, I have to, first of all, I got to pull myself back, and I'll be like, I'll look at that person's profile, I'm like, oh, that's why. They don't know no better, right? 
So if they don't know no better, just in like on just talking about shit in general, then damn it, how am I gonna have some real deep conversations with them on some relationship slash marriage shit? Right? Unless, of course, I'm trying to take advantage of a situation. And so him trying to rationalize this, like, and you know, uh, we we both love God. Okay, cool. Everybody, like, if 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 you if you're a part of a religion, yeah, we, I'm assuming, yeah, you love God too, right? But it's a, it's one of those things, man, where people start talking about their love of God and how God brought them together, so that you can't question they shit, right? We saw Deion Sanders do the same shit with Jackson State. <laughs> right when Deion Sanders was going to Jackson State he said God called him collector told him to go right and then he talked about how he was going you know change the culture he was going to show that you could do this at the HBCU and we going we going to do this thing and then boom as soon as they paid him some more money at Colorado he was the fuck gone and then he blamed it on God then too and they bl- you blame it on God so can't nobody question your motives man they can't question what you got going on hold on baby it's from Hold on just a second, y'all. I'm recording right now. Oh, that's fun. Am I on the recording? You are, you are now. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. I hope you have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to my wife. But, um, so yeah, we got that going on. But yeah, it's like they, they'll tell you these things about, um, they'll tell you these things about, uh, you know, it, it being about God and like, you can't question God. And so, nah, bruh, I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. Marcus Houston's in the goddamn pedal and he really out here. Fuck them kids. Fuck the kids. Yeah. Literally. Okay. So yeah, we got that going on. But, uh, now let's get to some of this other shit. This, 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 this some petty shit here, man. And, uh, I'm here for this petty, <laughs> right? I know I was talking all that shit earlier about the petty and everything else, but I'm here for this petty right here. I am here for this petty right here, right? Now, I tried to get my man's cliff, man. I really wanted to like to save this for an episode of Beer and Chicken because we've been trying to coordinate a time where we can get down and do an episode of Beer and Chicken. But, you know, life, man, life. But uh, so I don't know if y'all don't know this, man, but Isaiah Thomas has been out here and um he 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 been running his mouth quite a bit man and as a matter of fact he's been running his mouth about um the fact that Michael Jordan called him an asshole <laughs> call him an asshole on the last dance y'all now of course y'all know Last Dance came out in 2020, so it's been about three years now since the Last Dance came out. And um, Isaiah Thomas has been in his motherfucking feelings ever since this show came out, man, for real. And I remember the first time I remember him talking about this was, uh, I want to say, like, November, December sometime last year. He went on the, the Pivot podcast, right? And they asked him about Mike and whatnot. And, you know... He got on there. He was talking about, you know, they changed rules in the league so Mike could, you know, could dunk and, you know, like they couldn't foul as much as they – everybody was fighting and, like – and you know, he, he got on there. He started talking that shit, right? But then he also said that uh, he made it 
so that Michael Jordan, he made it so that Michael Jordan could walk the west side of Chicago unscathed. What? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas said that, which is going to be interesting when you find out later that on Twitter when, well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, so essentially, though, he wants an apology from Michael Jordan for calling him an asshole. Now, why did Michael Jordan call him an asshole? If you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan called him an asshole because the Pistons walked off of the floor while the Bulls were in the midst of sweeping their asses up out of the playoffs en route to their first world championship, right? Swept the Pistons right on out, right? And the years prior where the Bulls had lost to the Pistons, Michael Jordan made it an effort to go ahead and shake the hands of the players on the Pistons teams, right? Despite the fact they had been beating his ass. The Pistons were like some hacks, man. I say this all the time. As someone who lived in Detroit, as a fan of the Bulls, the Pistons were some hacks. I know it, like Detroit people don't like to hear this shit, but no, them dudes were some hacks, bro. And even despite all of that, Jordan went out of his way after they beat him, literally and figuratively, after they beat him, he went out and he shook their hands at the end of those playoff losses, right? Isaiah Thomas is out here making all, he's copping all the pleas now, right? Copping all the pleas. And so uh, the story then changed up a few times over the years, man. They went from it being Bill Beer's idea to, uh, well, the Bulls are talking mess about us in the papers and stuff before the game to, uh, well, that's just how things was done. The Celtics didn't shake our hand, this, that, and the other. But I want to pull this up so you guys can kind of watch because somebody actually did a really good job pulling some clips together. And this is, uh, this was like, you know, the, we go, this first clip is of the Bulls losing to the Pistons in the 1990 Eastern Conference Finals. So here we go. Hasn't moved on, but you really got to. Okay. moved on, but you really got to feel for this man right here. I mean, playing his heart out, and he recognizes that his team, even though it's one game better, they took the Pistons to a seventh game this year. They still didn't bridge that gap. <laughs> This stifling Detroit Piston defense holds the Chicago Bulls Look at that. at 28 Look 30, at that. 31%. But Michael Jordan had 31 and he's with... Look at that. You got Michael Jordan. He made sure he was going over here, shook the hand of Isaiah Thomas after they had got, you know, after they, they went seven games. It was a hard-fought series, but the Pistons beat them. The Pistons went on their head, and they played the uh, Portland Trailblazers that year, and they won their second straight NBA championship after beating the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Michael Jordan shook the hand of the Pistons and their lead player, Isaiah Thomas, after that loss. Listen to what he says. Heard Michael Jordan here in the midst of the celebration. What are you saying to the other players, Mike? All you can do is wish him good luck. I mean, uh, you know, we fought hard. You know, they were the better team. We went to a, a, a seven-game series. What more can we ask for? You know, we want to be where they are. But we still got to win our turn. We're still trying to improve our team. They were the better team, and they played better today. What's your emotion now, Michael? Sadness? Uh, frustration? You know, sad, I'm disappointed, you know, because I wanted to go further. But I got to accept the season that we played. We had a good season. We got this far. We got to look forward to next season. That's the only thing we can do. Gave it a hell of a run. Thank you. I mean, he accepted his loss, right? Accepted his loss, shook the hand of the people that beat him, gave them credit when they beat him, right? Sound like some like some honorable shit. You know what I'm saying? Sound like, sound, sounds like, how about the next year? Those years that. Okay, so we got Joe Lumars here. Those years that we beat them, Dan, he'd walk over every single time, shake my hand, and go, 
good luck in the finals, man. And, you know, I could see he was devastated with the loss. We beat them. Uh, they beat us. And I stopped as we're walking off the court and shook his hand and said, good luck in the finals. So I think it was just mutual respect. It's, it's, it's like I never tried to trash talk him. He never did that with me. And so we ended up having a real, real mutual respect for each other. Mm, mm, mm. Now, Joe Dumars was actually NBA Finals MVP in 1989. Isaiah Thomas was, and it was Joe Dumars who won NBA Finals MVP that year. And he was the one who was primarily you know, charged with guarding Michael Jordan during those finals, right? He made sure that he talked to Michael Jordan before they walked off that court and said, good luck in the finals, because Mike had always done that with him. It was a mutual respect thing, right? Mutual respect thing. Now, let's, uh, let's pull this other video up. Fire at carrying over that way? Fire so at carrying over that way? Or was that a calculated statement? Well, let, let, let's clarify two things. And I want you to get the tape and run it back and watch it. We'll probably run it in this interview. I didn't lead the walk-off. There were several people in front of me. Okay, now, this goes into the whole thing of it wasn't my idea, <laughs> right? It wasn't my idea. I didn't lead the walk-off. Was, it was several people in front of me. Understand, Isaiah Thomas is supposed to be the leader of this team, right? Now, if you're the leader of this team, guess what you could have did, Isaiah? You could have just been like on some... Yo, man, we ain't gonna do that. We ain't gonna do that. They beat us. They beat us handily. We gonna show us. The, we gonna show them the same respect they showed us when we was whooping their ass, right? But he didn't do that, and now he's cowering behind. It wasn't me. It was other people in front of me. But that didn't mean that you had to keep walking, right? Let's we'll let this play on. Did you walk along the bench and say, "Let's go"? Did you put the notion in their minds? I don't I don't know what happened, but I know I didn't lead the walk off. But if 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 it has to do with the Detroit Pistons and it's good or bad, I'll I'll take it. So if I led it, I led it. But let me let me say this to you. Um we didn't do anything any different than the Celtics did or the Lakers did. Or anybody else did. After after championship games, I don't remember teams going shaking hands. This, now, now this is just me. Maybe I maybe I missed something. Right. He don't remember that. Never mind just a year prior. Just a year prior. We just saw it. He was shaking hands with Mike after Mike lost to them. Right? We just saw him do it. He don't remember that though. He don't remember that. Now Last video. Go ahead and last one. Let's hear. I think this is him on Jordan. The, this is him on the pivot. And Phil Jackson, but mainly Jordan, has a press conference the day before. They getting ready to be. Okay, now now he's talking about the press conference. This is like the story is evolving. Now he's talking about the press conference before the game. Beat us, and he called us. Thugs, bad for basketball, you know, all that was being talked about. But then they still went and got half my team. <laughs> all right. But there's <laughs> a, a little something there. Okay, also, let's keep it a buck. The only Pistons player, former Pistons player that ended up on any of those Bulls championship teams that contributed in any real way was Dennis Rodman. John Sally rode the bench. James Edwards rode the bench. 
they didn't do much. So he didn't get half your team. He got one good motherfucker off your team, and that was after he was with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, yeah, it's a little something there. No, it ain't a little something. It's a lot of motherfucking changes. <laughs> 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 it's a lot of something because because it ain't it ain't they just been lying. They, right. they ain't been telling the truth, and then called us undeserving champions. Hmm. Now we didn't beat the Lakers, we didn't beat the Celtics, we didn't beat y'all several times. Ain't nobody had a harder march to the NBA Finals than the Detroit Pistons. We didn't got cheated. We didn't got beat up. We have beaten the best of the best to ever play this game. If Jordan, they saying you the best, beat your ass. Mm -hmm. Magic and Kareem, beat you. Bird and Mikhail, beat you. Can't nobody else say that. We the only one that can say that. Now, when you say we undeserving and then we bad for basketball and you, you throw these stereotype labels on the black community in Detroit. Nigga, what? Nigga, what? Hold up. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about, man. Now, he, this is where Isaiah, he, he, he stretching a little bit, bro. He's talking about you niggas, man. He was talking about. You niggas. He wasn't talking about the city of Detroit. He wasn't talking about the people of Detroit. You think of the people of Detroit really felt like Jordan was talking about them, that the Jays would be as popular in Detroit as they are right now? I went to a Pistons game against the Bulls. when the, I think it was the last game that they had at the Palace of Auburn Hills, and I saw a dude there with a bad boy's jacket on and some Jordan 3s, and I'm like, man, how confused are you? <laughs> right? Cause they didn't. I'm like, man, he got the Jordan threes on, but he got this bad boy's jacket on. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. the fans never took that shit that he talked about y'all personally. They knew he was talking about y'all because y'all was hacking his ass in the, in the game, and y'all was beating his ass too, right? But now it suddenly is because these stereotypical statements and all these things. Like, come on, bro, you reach him, you reach him, and so we bring all this back to the idea that Isaiah Thomas wanted an apology from Michael Jordan because of him calling him an asshole on the last dance. Right. So I think I got the video for that. And, um, yeah, I'm gonna pull this up so you guys can see, but check this out. Anywhere, anytime publicly, don't, don't call me behind the scenes apologizing or asking your friends to apologize. Right. You got on national television and you call me an asshole. And then you said you hated me. You said that on national television. Now, if you didn't mean it, get on national television and, say that. and apologize for it. Now, if you meant it, let it ride as it is. It's been three years, dog. I think it's pretty safe to say that Michael Jordan is just like, yeah, when it comes to you. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Fuck the kids? Yeah. Hey, Isaiah want the apology and Mike is over there like not never. Not never. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen, bro. He don't wanna be your friend, man. He don't wanna be your friend. And I think the thing that's like that like like this that makes this like so funny to me, right? And of course, y'all know I'm a Bulls fan. This rivalry runs deep. I'm a Bulls fan who lives in Chicago. 
I mean, who lives in, in, in Detroit. So I'm battling these niggas all the time. And the reason why this is so rich to me is because he acts as though people didn't watch the reason why Jordan called him an asshole in the first place. He called him an asshole because of them walking off the court, right? He said, there's nothing that that man can say that could convince me he wasn't an asshole about them walking off the court. And even as he's saying that, he said, after Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas is the second greatest point guard to play the game. So even in saying he hated you, he was like, I'm not going to disrespect his talent. I think he's the second greatest point guard to play the game behind Magic, despite how much I hate him, right? And so it's interesting how, like, Isaiah is going out on all these, he's going on all these media platforms. He's going on all the smoke. He's going on Twitter. He's going on the, the pivot podcast. He's going to all these outlets talking about how Michael Jordan owes him an apology, right? For essentially saying how he felt about it. He owes me an apology. He called me an asshole in public. Meanwhile, we watched Isaiah Thomas behave like an asshole in public. <laughs> we watched it happen g we watched it happen man and so the other thing that i think is very interesting is like isaiah thomas has gotten on these platforms and he started talking about like how close their families are how um how his 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 bro his brother and one of michael jordan's sisters hung out like they were friends and stuff and how one of isaiah thomas's nephews used to live with Michael Jordan, right? He's like, yeah, one of my nephews used to live with Michael Jordan, right? And he says all that to say that, like, you know, Michael Jordan shouldn't have said these things about him. But ultimately, like, if this were true, and we just going to grant it that this is a thing. I don't think he, he, he might not be lying about that, right? I'm going to go ahead and pull this down. He might not be lying about that. But if that's the, th if that's the truth, then you look even worse, G. Because if y'all families was that tight, if y'all were that cool with one another, and y'all would, you know, he went out of his way to shake your hand at the end of every game that y'all beat him, especially in the playoffs when y'all were beating him on y'all way to championships. And he still went out of his way to shake your hand and you decide to walk off the fucking court when they finally beat you. You look real bad out here because y'all supposed to be tight, right? Y'all supposed to be tight. Y'all families is cool. You made it so where his people can walk on the side on the west side of Chicago, right, Isaiah? You looking real bad out here if that's what you do to the people that you supposedly got all this love for that you'd have made such ways for, especially when they were showing you the same level of respect. Right? So, yeah, man. I I I, I, don't, I don't get this guy, man. I I don't know what it is. Like he's on his thing. I like he been on Twitter these last few days, bro. He's been going back and forth with, like, the likes of Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley was saying the reason why Isaiah Thomas is upset is because Mike took over Chicago, this, that, and the other. And I, I kind of have – I kind of tend to agree with him. Like, I remember when – um, what was that? When the All-Star game was in Chicago a few years ago. It was, like, it was kind of embarrassing to, like, watch Isaiah Thomas having to keep reminding people that he was from Chicago. It was like, damn, bro. Like, <laughs> like, we get it. We get it. You from the west side. Like, we get it. But – like, yeah, like Chicago had essentially become Jordan's town because of what he did for that town, uh, you know, for the Bulls and like the pride that he brought the city for winning those championships in that city and everything else. So, yeah, man, uh, it's 
this is the next level. This old man petty right here, right? This is old man petty. I, I enjoy this kind of petty, though. I ain't go front as much as I'll just talk about with Angel Reese. <laughs> as I was talking about with Angel Reese, man, this is some petty that I can enjoy, right? So, yeah. But uh, <laughs> let me get on up out of here, man. We got some Easter stuff to get into, man. <laughs> but before we get on up out of here, I do have to remind y'all how to get a touch of this over here at the Mr. Span official podcast and let your voice be heard. Go ahead and hit up that hotline at area code 313-288-0485. This area code 313-288-0485. Leave those voicemail messages. And of course, those messages will get replied to here live on the show and responded to in kind. You can also email us here at feedback at the That's feedback at the Go ahead, leave us those emails. And of course, those emails will get read here and reply to here live as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So go ahead, follow me there. Chop it up with your man Span throughout the week. Also, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. Those five-star reviews are the ones that get read here live on the show. We really appreciate everybody who goes about the business of doing that. Doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and the Span Report Podcast Network. And uh, I'm about to get on up out of here. I will talk to you guys again soon. But until next time, fam, peace.